Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Random Redshirt Podcast. I am Zach, one of the hosts. And with me, as always, is the other host, Chris. What's up, Chris? Hello, Zach, my great friend. I'm going to try not to crack up because we were <laughs> mm, we were making Yoda impressions, but that was that was good. Wait, um, wait, wait. You no. can't say that if you're not going to do it now. Now you have the audience in anticipation. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? we'll have Grogu like in Yoda, like on our next one. And then, um, yeah, have some Grogu Yoda impersonations on a future random Richard podcast, maybe. Yeah, that could be yeah. interesting. Yeah, that could be very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Please don't unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, great true. to be here, Zach. Oh, yes. So happy. Great to see you, my friend. Thank you, everyone, for joining us around the interwebs and the world. We love having you. Thanks for joining. Yeah, absolutely. And if this is your first time to the podcast, welcome. We are just two nerdy guys who like talking about all things nerdy, science fiction, Star Trek, Star Wars, and everything in between. Please be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and wherever your favorite podcast platform is. You can also find us on YouTube unless you're watching us there already. Then you probably figure that one out. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a, a good chunk of our episodes are on YouTube, but not all of them. We have quite a few episodes that are also on uh, the podcast platform because we didn't begin right. recording with video. So with that being said, uh, also, if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like, you know, all that's all that stuff you guys hear from everybody else on their YouTube channels, same spiel from us. Uh, but we are here back in a galaxy far, far away. As we talk about Ahsoka episode number three, time to fly. Time to fly. Uh, this was interesting, Chris, that the name of this episode was called time to fly and also, this episode was the shortest of the three. I mean, this episode was like barely 30 minutes. It's like just over 30 minutes long. It went really fast. Oh, I didn't realize it was the shortest episode. You're right. It went yeah. really, it did go really fast. It just, it, it oh. felt very, very short. I mean, the first episode, I think, was like like 50-some minutes. And the second one was like 40-some minutes. And, the, and this one was 30. Hopefully, by the end of the series or the end of the season, whatever they're going to call it, we're not down to like a five-minute episode or something. <laughs> very concise episode <laughs> yeah that would be that would be very concise like you know that'd be like a five minute five minutes of michael bay transformers explosions ah uh, yeah yeah we, nobody didn't get time for that so i know uh yeah so time to fly is episode number three and if you haven't had a chance to yet you can find the reviews for episode two and one of ahsoka below on our channel or you can go on again your favorite podcast platform where you may be listening to us now and just scroll down and you'll find the uh the re reviews for this um ahsoka so with that being said chris let's let's jump into episode number three time to fly yeah it sounds sounds awesome you know what i liked about this third episode um was that it we get some jedi mentorship at the beginning of the episode too yeah so so I like that with Sabine um, and, and Ahsoka, which I thought was cool. You know, that needs to be, that is such like a core part of, of Star Wars, having some mentorship and Jedi mentorship in there. So that was great. Yeah, I, it's very interesting. Through the first three episodes of Ahsoka, we have found the importance of the relationship building or the relationship rebuilding in this case, right, between Sabine and, and Ahsoka and and ahsoka and huyang and you know all these different relationships right that we've seen uh, among star wars rebels and clone wars and so forth and i find this interesting and i'm curious in your thoughts on this chris because in ahsoka right we've had all this stuff all these this relationship going on and 
yet we I, I don't feel like these episodes are, are slow or just dragging or anything yet if we go back to Andor and if you haven't watched our review of the whole Andor series please sure to go check that out it's also on you on uh, your favorite podcast platform but with Andor there was a lot of relationship building right a lot of relational stuff going on along with world building but it was much much slower like almost to the point of okay get to the point already with some of this stuff and I, I'm a huge Rogue One fan as some of you may know uh, and I know you know that as well Chris I know you you like Rogue One as well and I just felt like, uh, uh, you know, the anticipation for me for the show was really high because of the setting it's in, right? And we're building up a character who appears in Rogue One. We see him for the first time in that in that movie. But yet it, did, it felt really slow, like it was just crawling along at many moments. Where Ahsoka, I feel like, is accomplishing some of the same stuff, but it doesn't feel that way. I don't know if, if you've had that those thoughts are, at all or not. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. You know, Andor, when I think about Andor, and uh, the time that they were in the prison planet or the prison yeah. area that seemed we both felt like that seemed to span too many episodes than than we needed yeah and, i needed maybe one episode right and just mm -hmm. jump jump ahead in time and get that yeah and when you do the world building and you um, introduce a lot of different characters and a lot of different complexities uh, that's a difficult task to do because then it gets so it gets so large. Like, how do you carry it? You know, how do you carry it forward? Like in in a in a story, you know, it gets to the point where okay, there's too many characters to learn who they are. Um, I'm easily confused, and I'll <laughs> I'm easily get confused and forgetful. So I'm gonna forget things. I'm gonna get confused. I'm gonna get lost. Um, and then when that happens, you feel like okay, now I'm lost, and now things. I don't know where things are now. Either, either um, I'm left behind or things seem too slow. This particular episode of Ahsoka, um, there were, I this is what I, I felt. Um, there were not as many characters in this episode, which I think was a good thing because then you get the chance for those uh, those few characters kind of develop. The relationship with each other and have that presence in the episode i mean really you know it was ahsoka and sabine and huyang like carrying most of the episode yeah this episode had a lot of action which was great but but then we're not introducing too many characters uh in the episode to slow things down yeah that's true yeah um i i, I actually i actually really enjoy shows when they introduce characters a little bit slower, right? Okay, so the sh a show starts, first episode, right? First couple episodes. And maybe you're getting to know a couple of characters. And then they slowly start bringing in other characters. And they're building either a crew or a group of characters that are going to have relationships uh, that are important to the story and the plot. Or, you know, other supporting characters. Versus some of these shows where they'll just dump a huge group of people at you and you're like okay hang on who's that again what, what what i'm i'm lost and you're just trying to play catch up and keep everybody you know uh figured out without going wait a second is that who's that or who's that you know so yeah. i do like and i i kind of feel with with this show so far it's kind of like that. i mean we've gotten a few different characters right we know 
you know, uh, 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 Balin Scroll and his apprentice. Um, we've gotten Morgan Elsbeth, who has come from the first time you met her, which is in The Mandalorian. Um, and, you know, we get Ahsoka and Sabine and Hu Yang. But that's kind of like the main character so far, I feel like, with some with some support. And we we get we have we do have Hera, I guess, as well. But but I, I kind of feel like they've done a good job of dropping characters in and and building off of that. Now, granted, with this show, it's different because a lot of these characters we know before from Rebels and uh maybe even Clone Wars. Um, but at the end of the day. It's still nice that they're not just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, this this particular episode was easier for me to digest because right? mm. I because I felt like okay, it was it was like this was a long chase. There was a lot of a lot of action. There didn't necessarily have to be a lot of backstory that I had to know for this particular episode. I felt so this was easier for me to digest, and I was going okay. They're doing this investigation into the Dinob system. You need to find out what's going on. Uh, and they've got all these people chasing them. So I can take yeah. that. Yeah. Mm -mm. Good was the episode. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Indeed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So this episode opens with Sabine and Hiang. And uh, I found this interesting. You talk about the, the mentorship, right? We start right away with that, right aboard uh, um, Ahsoka's ship. And... Uh, you see her beginning to mentor, or not beginning to. She's she's continuing a mentorship with Sabine, and very interesting. This training session remind is eerily similar to the one that Luke did in in uh, 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 Episode Four, A New Hope, right when he's on board the Millennium Falcon, and Obi Wan is, you know, telling him, "Feel the Force flowing through mm -hmm. you." you know, and all this stuff. Uh, so I don't know, did, did that bring back very, very vivid memories uh, of a new hope in the training scene that, that Luke did in the Falcon? Absolutely, completely. And it must have been intentional on the Ahsoka creator's part. You know, when they got the, the helmet and the black, the shield? I, yeah. What Sabine said, uh, I have to listen to it again, uh, but I thought, was that verbatim? Like what luke said it was yeah very, pretty very close, close i think yeah yeah because yeah. she's like how can i how can i see with this thing down or something like that and I, I think luke says something how can i see with the blast shield down or whatever yeah yeah i think i think you know the, this is we talked about this in episode one or part one with mentor mentor and a mentor and apprentice i think is the name of it right how uh this from from what i read this show has kind of become dave filoni's baby mm -hmm. um this is kind of his show right he, he's been directing and writing and all sorts of stuff um, and, and it kind of makes sense being that he worked so closely with George Lucas on Clone Wars. Um, I, I don't remember if he worked on Rebels. I, I want to say he did, but it kind of makes sense because, you know, Ahsoka was first introduced to us in Star Wars Clone Wars, the, the animated show. Yeah. And so I'm sure Ahsoka plays a very, very, um, important and impactful role in his career right with with him working with george lucas and having this character who's become so beloved in the star wars universe that she's getting her own live action show yeah and yeah, even before obviously this came around right i mean ahsoka has been an incredibly incredibly popular character amongst star wars fans yeah yeah she has Ahsoka, you know it's, it's interesting ahsoka these first three episodes she has seemed 
we mentioned this before. I think she's very reserved. We'll see. You know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. A very a very different Ahsoka from the the Clone Wars version of the young young Ahsoka, right? So um, yeah, which which makes sense. But I didn't expect her to be that reserved when I was thinking. Yeah, I I mean we 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 we've kind of known that Ahsoka, like her former uh, master Anakin, right? Her former mentor, um, are both very unique Jedi. They're not maybe, I don't want to say a stereotypical Jedi, but maybe more of a, you know, common type Jedi, both very different, very similar in certain regards and very different in other ways. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of plays off this idea that, you know, when Ahsoka first shows up, she she's not really the greatest at following directions and, and listening to her master, which sounds kind of like what Anakin was when Obi-Wan first took him under his wing. Yeah. Right. They had very similarities there. Um, so, yeah, but I think you're right, Chris. I think that the, this this very more reserved stoic version of Ahsoka is is definitely interesting. I think she's, you know, from what she's been through, what she's seen. Right. I mean, she was there during the Clone Wars. She was able to survive and kind of hide, uh, you know, throughout um, what, what we knew as the original trilogy era. Right. Um, and all those battles. Very interesting too, though, right? That that Ahsoka. I mean, obviously she wasn't she wasn't created when the original trilogy came out, but where she what she would have been doing and where she was at during that time. Yeah, makes you wonder, right? That someone who's a former Jedi, like you know, obviously again she, she wasn't hadn't been created yet, but in the in the timeline of things in the Star Wars, why didn't she come and fight for the help fight for the rebellion against the Empire? You know, I mean, was it because her former her former mentor was was Darth Vader. We already know she fights Darth Vader. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. Maybe we'll find out more, like in in this. You know, maybe we'll find out more in this series because I'm I'm curious. Like yeah, um, because you've got was, that yeah yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, you've got that circumstance with Ahsoka. Also, you know what was Balin's skull, and he went into hiding right or after order 66 and yeah. was doing something so you've got you've got and then he turned dark and then he turned dark right so yeah. you got these group of jedi just that were out there doing their own thing and in mandalorian yeah. yeah remember ahsoka meets up with luke so they had to have known each other prior right the question is is what again what was she doing during that galactic civil war era mm -hmm. of the original mm -hmm. trilogy right like i would love it if they did some kind of flashbacks where they show what it was that she was doing during that time, right? Was she in hiding like Yoda or not like, yeah, like Yoda and others? Or was she, was she on the fringes of, of the war, you know, kind of acting as a, you know, some type of, you know, liaison to the rebel. I don't know. I, I it'd be really interesting to, to kind of figure out what maybe she was doing then mm -hmm. um, and help kind of tie that in and why now she's coming out in this post, Return of the Jedi era is is what we're we we believe this this takes place, and wanting to um, be involved with the New Republic and all this stuff. Yeah, I hope they flush that out. I think that'd be worth it to to flush out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd love you know in those flashbacks, I'd love it if they'd be able to explore some more uh, Jedi lore. Mm. You know, if some if some of that Jedi were in when they went into hiding or whatever they were doing during the galactic. 
um, empire if they were able to kind of ex explore some of their explore some of the origins right yeah um love it if they'd be able to do that in the show you mean you mean grumpy jedi who drinks blue milk directly from the animal didn't and the lore there didn't do it for you <laughs> no that lore did not do it <laughs> no. oh my goodness for anybody didn't do it for anybody right well that's true most people that's for sure yeah, yeah. so yeah. very interesting too here right so you you have uh, Hu Yang here, who is not much of a believer in Sabine. He does not, he's like, you know, she's just not very good. Um, yeah, I think, in fact, I think he even says that she's not bad, but not good either. Yeah, I had, I actually had a problem with um, Hu Yang in this first part of the episode, you mm -hmm. know, because he said, he says that, he also says later in his conversation with Ahsoka, like, He's being kind of con condescending or derogatory towards Sabine. Like, yeah, how? Why did you ever choose her to be a, a, to be your apprentice? Or you know, she could never make it. And I, I real, I had a real problem with that because it was just the episode before, I felt where Hu Yang was, in his conversation with Sabine, encouraging Sabine, right, to become an apprentice again. And start yeah. studying the Jedi arts again. So I thought that was very contradictory. You know, well, was it? It was in one of the first two episodes, right, where Hu Yang says, like, of all the Jedi Padawans or whatever he's seen, or Jedi people, you know, people who are attempting to be Jedi's, she's the worst of them all, and all this. So yeah, I can see what you we were talking about with that. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, he she had the least aptitude for the Force, you know, yeah. but he but he was the one that had that statement, like, well, the only time you're wasting is your is your your own and you have to decide and he was holding out the lightsaber for sabine and i thought that was a turning point for sabine to really like look within herself and kind of decide oh okay maybe you know i want to restart my apprenticeship so yeah hu yang's statements in this episode bothered me I like that in here well it makes me wonder if the stuff that he's saying to her when he's in the presence of Ahsoka is meant to be like a reverse motivational thing, right? Like where he's trying to act as a skeptic in order to try to make Sabine say, no, 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 no. I, I'm going to, I'm going to do it in spite of you, you know, almost a, a, a way, a different way of motivate. Not that I agree with this way that he's his approach, but this almost kind of, you know, uh, reverse motivation, if that makes any kind of sense. That does. I hope that is what it is. Yeah, if that I mean, is he's a droid too, right? I mean, you know, it's like in Star Trek with Data and, the, and droids in Star Wars. A lot of these droids don't exactly have tact and stuff. So, uh, you know, it it doesn't surprise me that a droid is saying. I mean, think about in in, in Rogue One with uh, K two S O. He wasn't too happy about Jin getting a gun and made Andor Cassian mm. very aware of his feelings about Jin being there and the mission they're doing. So it's, it's not the first time we've seen a droid kind of be a little rude, right? Even C-3PO will say stuff and you're like, what? You yeah. Know? So it, it kind of follows that trend, I think, but, um, but yeah, this is an interesting kind of opening scene here uh, in, in this episode, right. With the training going on in, and, and I, there was this, uh, a moment where uh, the, 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 uh, closet or a door or something opens right and then you see those little hovering target droids like you see in a new hope so there was yeah. a little bit of an easter egg there as well yeah that was good it was nice for them to connect it, you know so um 
Yeah, it was nice. I I definitely enjoy those Jedi mentorship moments. So they need yeah. to be in all of it, all of the Star Wars scenes. Not all of them, but movies. Yeah, anytime there's Jedi involved, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we cut from this scene to, uh, and then we, we pick it up where we see uh, Hera uh, attempting to get support from the New Republic. Yeah, I... You know, I watched that scene a couple times and I, I'm kind of conflicted on it. So, I mean, so Hera's just asking to say, hey, you know, we want to find out what's going on. Uh, we want to chase down Morgan. Um, I could just use a task force to go and and check it out. You know, give me give me the support. Give me a task force. It doesn't seem like she's asking for like a lot. Um, you know what? No. Like a, and it just you've had what? One, two, three, four, five senators. Like saying, well, you know, well, I think you had four. Then you had four. Mon Mothma, but Mon Mothma. I love the fact that Mon Mothma has been made as the 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 supreme chancellor. I think is what the title they're using again of mm -hmm. the New Republic. Yeah. Now we did get into a bit of an issue here when when they gave Senator Papelteen that title, and then he took <laughs> that power. But of course, he was Darcidius on the side, right? Yeah. You know, Mon Mothma's not that way, and, and you know, give credit to. Uh, the the play of um mon mothma in the andor show right we got a lot of her in andor and yeah. what i loved was the building up of her character more because she was also in rogue one right but the building up of her character and seeing kind of the life that she's coming from and the life that she's living but she's living a double life right she's living as this oh i'm this i'm this um you know, citizen of the of the 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 Galactic Republic, you know, before it becomes the Empire and everything, right? And I'm um, uh, I, I'm being a good citizen and everything, but then secretly behind closed doors, even against her daughter and her husband, she's helping to plot this this rising up of the rebellion. So it's very evident because even though we get very little Mon Mothma in the original trilogy, in fact, I think we only get her in that that one scene in return of the jedi yeah it's very evident the importance of her character to the to the rebellion and the cause yeah so it's good that they're flushing it out building her up here um but i love that we're getting her again yeah right yeah, the I continued agree. role and importance of her character to the previous rebellion as well as this new republic they're trying to form in the wake of the collapse of the empire yeah yeah i, I didn't buy that the senators would be like um preventing Hera from just having a task force to to check this out. It just it just seemed after all they had went and you know they're using the argument like oh we're the empire is defeated um, we don't see any danger um, everyone's tired of war. I just I didn't buy that really they would just immediately let their guard down and you know there's some. Um, probably hidden motivations and duplicity there that's that's i think that they were trying to make that obvious um but i was just like really I, yeah i the the especially the one the one uh senator that you could tell Hera had must have had some kind of history with yeah didn't get a lot remember because when she asked him she's like oh did have you ever fought in a war or whatever and he's like well no and yeah. then she's like exactly you have no idea what you're talking about you know yeah. you're a bureau you're a bureaucrat and it's very evident right you you see the struggle of probably a similar struggle what happened in the old, old galactic republic before the empire took reins 
and now this new republic, right? That you have these senators who are playing their bureaucratic part, um, and you have the military side trying to provide that military protection in order to stabilize things and provide that sort of stuff. And I, I you know, you kind of mentioned this, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of reword it the way I would, the, the way I've been thinking of it is, I think the senators are risk aver, risk adverse, risk averse, yeah, risk averse, yeah. Meaning, meaning, meaning that um, they are they're very hesitant to do anything of any risk, right? <laughs> okay, so the empire's fallen, and but but Hera knows better. She's out on the front lines, right? She's doing things that the empire's fallen, and and they're and she's saying, look, we need to go figure this out. We need to go look into this because if we don't, we don't want something to rise up or something to start causing issues and they're like whoa 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 we don't want any war or anything like that well she's trying i think doesn't she even say she's trying to prevent war or something like that yeah i mean it's there's two different varying viewpoints here from a political standpoint and a military standpoint if the senators are if the new republic won't fare well if it if all the senators in that are 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 like like that it's not going to fare well for very long my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we cannot pass over the 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 wonderful little scene in the hallway outside between Hera and her son, um, Jason, spelled with a C, J E J A C E N, not not the way we would spell it, J A S O N, uh, who who she had with uh with the late Jedi uh Canon Jarrus from from Rebels. So we do get to see the son in this, which I think is great. Um but but yeah, the, it's it's very obvious that the senators in this case are blind. They 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 do not see the need for, as you said, Chris, to yeah. do anything that could cause any kind of risk or you know whatever. And you know they're they're representing the people of the republic and blah blah blah. And it's like yeah, but I think you guys are. It's like I think you put it perfectly. You know that they're they're I think getting a little bit maybe too laxed, mm-hmm. right? A little too comfortable. It it hasn't been that long since the Empire fell. If it, this is supposed to be nine to ten years after Return of the Jedi, and if they've they're already getting this point, okay, you know, <laughs> exactly. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, guys. and it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and uh, I think one of the senators mentioned, you know, that that, that they think that the one another reason why they don't want this this whole little quest that Hera wants to go on to ha- happen is they think she's being blinded by her her drive to go out and find Ezra. And that her, that her belief that Ezra is still alive. Um, So, you know, this story has happened before. And the question is, is whether she really is blinded by that drive to find him or whether she, you know, she has, you know, a solid reason. And I think as an audience, we know she has a solid reason. Yeah. She's got a solid reason. And for the Senator to say something that um, crass. Yeah. I mean, they could, they could just say, "Hey, well, can you just get? Can you give us an independent report uh, that corroborates her?" You know, but of course, they're not going to say that. Yeah. yeah, but 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 this scene, um, in particular between her and the senator, and then I mean, obviously, Mon Mothma and Hera have a mm-hmm. really good relationship. You see that kind of affection for each other. Yeah. In the initial moment of this meeting, but I, I do think it's important to point out that, unfortunately, the way the show has been written. There is an expectation that you have watched everything before this. And yeah. so I think for audiences who haven't, and we're in that boat, 
um, it leaves you going, okay, well, I'm watching this, but I'm kind of confused as to why this is this way or why are these two people have this kind of a relationship because you haven't watched everything. I kind of yeah. wish they would have taken more time and maybe flushed some of that out in this live action form for things that you need to know later on versus just saying, oh, yeah, well, you have to what you we're expecting that you have watched that stuff in order to be in the up and up with this show. Yeah. And if she's a just to, not to stay too long on this point. But if, if she's a general, she's a general. I mean, can't she just, she's got a whole bunch of resources. Can't yeah. she just, you know. Go do it. <laughs> go do it. Yeah. Send yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the mother may I thing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they they have some kind of, they have something set up to try and keep power from being given too much to one person or stuff like that. You know, although they have a Supreme chancellor or chancellor in Mon Mothma, but Maybe there's something because of lessons learned in the past that they're trying to make sure it doesn't happen again. I don't know. Gotcha. But I do agree. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're, if she's a general, she should be able to have the power just to go out and put a task force together and go do something and say, Hey, by the way, senators, we're going to go do this. We'll let, we'll give you a report after and let you know what we find. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with you there as well. Yeah. Um, I do. I do think though, the actress Mary Elizabeth uh, Weinstead, or, or I think's how you say it, mm -hmm. uh, the actress who plays Hera, which is is Ewan McGregor's wife. She's I, I really like her in this in this role. I think she's done really well. Um, you know, the makeup is I'm not so sure about, but the but the but her 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 job playing the character I think's been really good so far. Yeah, I agree. I do. I like her as a character. I I have <laughs> okay. I haven't confused. I haven't confused her, but I was like, oh, well, I guess it's almost like an Orion, an Orion woman. Too, Orion slave she's girl. Green. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's green. She's a Twi'lek. Twi'lek. Twi yeah. They say. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Pretty good point there. Yeah. Um, but she does a good job. Yeah, I agree. So we, we get that scene uh, meeting and then she leaves and then you could tell she she's she's frustrated. You know, Hera's like, I can't I just I can't do this. She's not, she's very much not a bureaucrat, right? You can tell she's not a politician. She is a no nonsense. We know, we, we know that from rebels. She is a no nonsense kind of character. She doesn't have time for all the pomp and circumstance stuff. Uh, and she, I think she even said going to that meeting that she could, couldn't stand those types of meetings, those yeah. types of conversations. Um, so we, we'd go from there and we go very quickly over to a, a, a hollow call that she makes to Ahsoka, um, and we get right back to Ahsoka and Huyang and Sabine, um, and talking about training and everything else. Uh, and then we get this scene where Ahsoka and Sabine sit down for a conversation. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I think so. With with Hera's hollow call to uh, us. To the crew ahsoka and sabine you know harris saying hey i'm not gonna be there yeah I, they're I, on their own they're on their own um i expect that at, at some point harris will see Hera again just kind of just maybe disobey orders and then go to and go to help them at some point but um, yeah but at least for here yeah they're on their own. yeah yeah so yeah they get right so we've, we've got sabine and ahsoka like on the ship and then they get um i'm trying to remember what their conversation was right before they get chased by uh the jedi there but that's right uh, uh, they huyang 
and Ahsoka have a conversation about Sabine. Yeah. And and this 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 is interesting because Hu Yang is, you know, remarking about um Sabine not being incompetent in the ways of the force and doesn't seem like she'd be a proper Jedi. And so so again, this is why I didn't like Hu Yang in, in this episode. But Ahsoka makes a great point that hey, all of these years of of how they trained the Jedi in the past, it didn't work. Like the Jedi failed, remember? So she doesn't yeah. she doesn't need Sabine to be like all of the other Jedi. She needs her to be like herself and be a different kind of Jedi. And so I thought that was good. That was important. And I like that he says that Ahsoka says I need Sabine to be herself. Um Yeah. She doesn't even need her to be a Jedi. She just needs her to be able to be competent in the force. Yeah. Because she knows that in order to beat uh, Balin and Shin, who is the the uh, apprentice, right, and Morgan Elsbeth, she knows that that if if Sabine can at least be competent, that's going to help her and help them as a whole be able to succeed, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully, either finding Thrawn first or stopping them from getting to Thrawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they get they get to that planet. Um, they come out of the hyperspace. And yeah, I, to, to, I, I think it's, this is Deneb, right? They're getting they're coming to. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're getting closer and they're coming closer to seeing what that object is and Huang saying, Hey, let's get closer so we can scan what it is. And they're all pretty much hypothesizing that, yeah, that looks like some sort of hyperspace ring. Um, and they're right, you know, it is it is a hyperspace hyperspace ring and Huang saying get it's closer, massive. Get closer. Yeah. It is, it, like the 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 it, I think the image that they put into it from towards the end of the episode number two, it doesn't look maybe that big, you know. Yeah, but then you see it in this episode, especially as the ship gets closer, and you're like, "Oh, like as George Takei would say, oh, oh my, my. Hmm. like it is huge." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. Yoda was the master, and uh, uh, George Takei was the apprentice, and Yoda's like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah, like George, you must use the Force," and he's like, "Oh my, I must uh, get better." <laughs> yeah, that'd be anyways. Yeah, a little mashup there, but yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be cool. Yeah, I was as they as we were going. Okay, I I knew it was the hyperspace ring, but I was, I I also was thinking, um, okay, please don't make it another Death Star, because they're saying it's enormous. Oh, yeah. It's enormous. I was like, don't make it another Death Star. It can't be another Death Star. So it was good. It wasn't. So yeah. it makes makes sense. But here's my thing about this ship. Okay, bigger isn't always better when it comes to ships, right? Mm -hmm. And this is some huge ring that's got really really big engines. <laughs> so because they has really really big engines that means that it's able to go to other galaxies much faster like i, I don't know that i buy that i mean i know sure. star wars is not yeah. it's not scientifically accurate right it is <laughs> as you said chris very eloquently when we did our part one review i think was that it is um space opera <laughs> right it is not meant to be scientifically accurate it's it's entertainment uh, but, but there's a part of me goes, I, just because the engines are huge, doesn't mean it's going to, how it's going to go from one galaxy to the next, you know, I guess, I guess maybe it needs the big engines to be able to travel through a certain, through some type of special hyperspace network. I don't know. It just, to me, does, doesn't seem like it, it, it all connects even for star Wars. Yeah. It's interesting. And if the space whales can navigate. If the space whales can just migrate, that's what I felt that they were inferring in this episode from galaxy to galaxy. 
Um, we'll learn more. I have no idea if, if space whales space whales go through like some sort of hyper hyperspace hyperdrive. I don't know, or if I... they just like swim. From the space whales galaxy. thing. The space whales thing seems really bizarre to me. Really bizarre. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it all shakes out in the end. But yeah, we will. Um, it felt the the space whales felt Star Wars to me. Um, because I was like, okay, we're gonna get this very creative, interesting creature that is just kind of out there. Kind of felt like that huge worm in empire strikes back you know all right it's a huge creature oh yeah here. the space yeah. slug yeah 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 so i was like all right space whales that's right. yeah but okay but that thing's living in an asteroid it's not <laughs> traveling to other galaxies so like i said we'll see how everything shakes out in the end yeah yeah we will so we get a we get a dog fight with um some space battles which is nice to see this so the space battles made me feel like yeah this is this is a cool star wars show we've got to have a lot of space battles here so we've got um shin like doing she's controlling some other um uh, some other bad guys chasing um chasing ahsoka and well including that dude that dude who ahsoka fought on corellia um i think was his name or something like that yeah yeah is he in the cartoon rebels uh i don't remember off the top of my head if he is he, he might be i mean he's okay. named so it's possible he was but I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head gotcha so we've got the dog fight there and the space chasing and we've got sabine going into the tail gun which remind us reminded me a lot about um a new hope i don't know if yep. you felt about it but yeah with luke and the tail gun yep yeah yep and you know, Sabine's always got to say those comments like she gets in the tail gun and she's like, OK, um, she's in the tail gun and she makes that comment to Ahsoka like, well, you had to delete all my presets or something like that. Yeah, you know, just. Yeah, well, she's she she shot out of the tail gun before in yeah. Rebels. I mean, there's 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 several several episodes and scenes where she's manning the tail gun. So it's not the first time. So that makes sense. OK, OK. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I thought it was a a good series of scenes where they're um, shooting down their chasers and then you get the interaction between um, Hu Yang and Ahsoka and Sabine um, because things are not going well for them. And, you know, Hu Yang says it's not going to go if it goes, it's not going to go well if it, if it continues like this for very much longer. And you've got Ahsoka that kind of comes to that realization like, okay, we're going to help Sabine out. We're going to do what Sabine says. So I liked that. I liked that. I thought that was a good moment. And um, then they're able to successfully shoot down most of their uh, their chasers and then get closer to Morgan in the giant hyperspace space ring. Yeah, with like giant turbo laser like batteries on the top of their ring shooting. And yeah, yeah that that ring to me is kind of weird. Um yeah, D- does it remind you a little bit of the Halo ring at all? Oh, I wasn't thinking about that, but it kind of that... reminds me a little bit of it. Oh, now that you say it, maybe it does. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Uh, it, the thing is weird. I, I. I just. I get the idea, but I, I don't know if I'm sold on this idea that yeah, hey, with this big ring and it's gonna travel to another galaxy and find someone. In this case, Thrawn and. 
it's got these big guns on them and it's it's really massive and yeah strange yeah you know um in episode two when they were down and i'm trying to figure out what maybe they were down on um the same planet with all the red trees because they were they were in this spot um and balin had the sphere and he puts the sphere on this this pedestal and the map map comes up and he he uses this term he says oh the reflex point or something like that Mm -hmm. and i thought kind of the structure that they were in on the planet would be uh what they get beamed up to to go to the other galaxy did you just say beamed up man you just crossed the streams (laughs) did oh i did say beamed up Uh, that's okay that's Uh, okay energized up no of all the people of all the people i'll be the least one to be offended by you saying beamed up we're talking about star wars don't worry yeah this is just where maybe some of our audience can help us but i'm confused i don't know what it meant by balin saying hey reflex point <laughs> and when they were down on the planet and and where he put the sphere and it's showing this this big map and you know we, they, they talked about morgan being being a witch and yep. these these um ancient kind of fairy tales where they could migrate to the uh the other galaxy so but it seems like now they've got to build this giant space ring hyperdrive yeah monster to get them there. So. yeah uh very interesting but we do meet the space whales right the, the they're called the purgle which is from oh, rebels uh, okay. right it's where ezra ezra goes with that flagship and thrawn and everything like that so that's that's these giant and mythical space whales um, who I guess can go through hyperspace. Um, and the last time they saw the Purgle was when they were, you know, taking Ezra and Thrawn uh, to we, when we don't know where. Um, but a very interesting, you know, so they, they land their ship right down on the, on the planet mm-hmm. and they turn everything off, including Hu Yang, because apparently it's Jedi protocol to turn everything off. So there's no, there's no power signature or anything coming from them. Harder to track, right? Uh, and then they're, they, they're able to get the ship fixed. Uh, and they they take off. Um, but they, they had that kind of dog fight, you know, through the clouds. And all of a sudden, there's those whales floating around. They're trying to avoid that. That's how they are able to lose. Um, that's how they're able to lose uh, Shin and, and her cronies yeah. uh, in their ships. And then they take off to go meet back up with uh, with Morgan Elsbeth and all that. So very interesting. Um, but also, I, I'm curious in your thoughts here, Chris, because the forest was kind of like a blood red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's some type of foreshadowing or or what. Um, but it, I found that interesting that they chose that type of of, of color pattern for for the forest versus just you know your standard colors. Yeah. I thought it was a really pretty color palette. Um, so I liked it. Like visually, this ep- visually this episode I thought was great with the the space battles, even the space whales and the the color of the planet and the trees. Um, maybe they just chose it because it is aesthetically like it pops out. Yeah, it's such a like. It's such a unique aesthetic to have in the show and very, very vibrant. So I'm feeling maybe maybe it was that. Could have been. Um, yeah. 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 But it was 
is pretty. I thought it gave it a real cla- classy, unique look. Yeah. So that so this is the planet that I thought uh, Balin and Shin and Morgan were on when they um, put the map sphere on the pedestal mm-hmm. and the map. Yeah, I up. think it was. I think it okay. was. Yeah. Okay. Which would make sense, right? Because the ring is up in orbit around this planet. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure this is this is where they where they did that. Okay. Deneb. Deneb. Yeah. Um, what did you think about uh, when they were in the middle of the dog fight, and then Ahsoka goes out? <laughs> Ahsoka goes out on the. Oh yeah, the we haven't talked about her uh, her little space suit that includes her her headpiece and everything. That was that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I the editing on that whole thing was a bit weird. Uh, yeah. It just it didn't. I don't feel like it flowed very well mm-hmm. the whole scene. Um, and then her just deciding to like, hey, I'm going outside, like, and goes and grabs a spacesuit and then walks out on the on the uh, the ship's hole and starts deflecting shots coming in from other ships and trying to create a distraction so they can repair the ship. And yeah, it was. Yeah, the episode. I mean, this episode. I enjoyed the episode, but there was definitely some kind of eyebrow raising moments. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I did. I I felt that lightsaber space scene where Ahsoka is on the outside of the ship. I think that was that was hard to do live action. I I could see that animated. I could yeah. see them doing it animated, but live action. I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah that goes yeah that was interesting um i i i don't do you remember how many episodes they're doing for this are they doing six or eight because if they, they're doing six we're already halfway through the show oh i don't remember yeah i don't i don't remember either if they announced that or not maybe we're getting 10 I don't, I don't know um but it's it's um it's interesting to see kind of the state of affairs and where things are at post return of the jedi right in the state mm-hmm. of the empire um obviously i mean we're three episodes in and we haven't seen thrawn yet which which makes sense right he's not going to probably show up till the very end um and then based on i'm sure the number of streams and number of times the show has been watched will determine whether they bring the show back like they've mentioned with andor about doing more andor and doing more obi-wan even though those are supposed to be a limited series yeah um i i don't know what else you can do with obi-wan because he lives on Tatooine. He keeps an eye on Luke and Leia. Well, more more Luke we we know than Leia. Um, so I don't think they're gonna do there. Cassian, there's probably a lot of stuff they could do more as they build him up towards meeting meeting Jin and and uh, beginning to work for the rebellion as he as he joins there towards the end of end of the uh, the series. But this show, there's a lot of stuff they could do with this character because they're now post Return of the Jedi. They're not in Clone Wars and Rebels era, quote unquote, anymore. So there's, I think, a lot of things they could do with this. And I'll be curious to see the direction that they continue to go. Yeah, me, me too. Now, now Luke Skywalker should be around somewhere, right? So I would think if you're now, if if you are following the timeline for the new with the new trilogy that we don't like. Luke, I believe at this point, is either preparing to or already training, you know, younglings, Jedi, right? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe. Then he, and then he has Ben Solo, a.k.a. soon-to-be Kylo Ren, who decides to veer off to the dark side. Um, 
or at, or at this point, at least maybe at this point, Han and Leia have had their baby, have had Ben, or they're yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not exactly sure how that all fits in, or if we would see a young Luke, a CGI'd young Luke mm-hmm. again, like we did in Mandalorian. That's what I was thinking too. Because if I mean, if Luke Skywalker gets wind of, hey, there's some shady stuff happening <clears throat> with these with these imperial loyalists and they're up to this shady like deal you know he'd just come in and say nope let's uh not have any of that and uh, well look on this book right heir to the empire there's yeah. thrawn and there's luke yeah so the question is now obviously this show's about soka but the question is is do we get luke right do we get luke that comes in at this point i think you're right it's a really good point to bring up chris that at some point if this stuff with this stuff happening at some point, you got to think, okay, you can't imagine Luke is going to just sit by idly. He would get wind of this. Yeah. Right? Especially the New Republic. And, you know, he knows Mon Mothma. Um, at some point, you'd think Luke would have to get involved. But maybe they're going to kind of keep that to as little as possible in the show because obviously they'd have to bring in, you know, they bring in Mark Hamill. They got to CGI his face. And, they, and there's a lot of stuff they'd have to do. So maybe... Maybe we'll see Luke. When we, we saw Luke in Mandalorian, I never expected to see Luke in the Mandalorian. Yeah, me neither. Um, I mean, we got a we got a lot of generals that are still alive from Return of the Jedi. That would be they they'd be like, hey, look, there's some bad stuff that happened in Return of the Jedi. We're not gonna have that happen again. We're gonna like yeah. lay down, lay down. Hey, where's Admiral do? Akbar when That's you need, what I was need thinking, him? Yeah, it's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, where is he at? We know he survived the Battle of of Endor. Mm -hmm. You know, he was on home one in Endor. At Endor, we know the home one didn't get blown up. He survives the battle. So what the heck? Where's he at? Where's where's, where's the the squid head, a.k.a. Admiral Akbar, when you need him? Uh, Yeah. Where's Nine Numb? I mean, he wasn't a general, but, you know, the the co-pilot for for Lando and the Falcon. Where's he at? I mean, I don't think he'd be a general, but he'd probably be somewhere up in the New Republic. I mean, there's a lot of characters they could bring back from that era. It's like, hey, these these people all fought. A majority of them fought during the Galactic Civil War. They know. I mean, Ahsoka was around during that time, too. We don't know what her role was in the Galactic Civil War, but we know she was around. So what did they do? Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to. A lot of questions, more questions than answers at this point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, this has been nagging at me for a, a little bit as I think it's the first during these first three episodes with Sabine's character. I want to see, see how you feel when I express this, but I almost feel like, kind of feel like right now, it's like Sabine is the main character and Ahsoka is a supporting character. Um, yeah. I could see where you where you're coming with that a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So I am for me that's like, oh, I want Ahsoka to be the main character, but I've felt like these first three episodes it kind of seems like Sabine's the main character. Um but we'll see how things progress. Um, yeah. That... I mean yeah, I think the the I think that they're emphasizing the importance of the the, the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine, because clearly mm-hmm. Sabine's gonna play an important role, right, in what they're doing. So I think building that relationship does make it appear as though Sabine is kind of a the main character at, at some point. So I, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah. But yeah, lots to come still. We don't we don't yeah. know what's going to, you know, I mean, obviously we know Thrawn eventually is going to be found because he's in the, the trailer. Right. And, you know, I, we'll, we have to kind of assume at this point that Thrawn is going to show up back in the the local galaxy of Star Wars. 
Uh, and then where it goes from there is is yet to be seen. But I'm hoping that with the return of Thrawn, that we are going to get um, some semblance of expanded universe book stuff, right? Like we're, they're going to try to tie some of that in and so forth. Now, if they do that, though, that probably is going to affect their trilogy, right? So maybe maybe they won't do that. Maybe they'll find a way to loop it all in together. I don't know. But there's still definitely a lot of stuff to come and a lot of things we're going to hopefully learn and find out and hopefully a lot of questions are going to be answered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Hopefully it, hopefully it'll be something uh, good. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's been some good stuff on the show, some, some head scratching stuff and stuff. You're like, well, really? But there's been some good things too. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been, it's been enjoyable so far. I will say it's not, I don't feel like the show's dragging or stagnant or, you know, taking forever to get to the point, which is a good thing. Um, I think the it's 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 progress. W you know, whether you agree with the plot or the storylines and stuff, that's another thing. But at least that I feel like we're progressing and getting we're moving the story along, and we're not just sitting in one spot twiddling our thumbs. Yeah. End of the episode so far. This is the one I like the most. Yeah. 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 I I, I probably have to agree with you on that one. So. Yeah, but anyway, this has been our episode three discussion review. Obviously, we didn't talk about every little detail. We didn't talk about every Easter egg. That's okay. Just kind of a kind of a wave top of each of each of the episodes and and kind of our thoughts and what we saw and what we liked, what we didn't like, our usual stuff. If you've ever watched any of our reviews of individual episodes of Picard or Strange New Worlds, feel free to head to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube to check those out. Uh, and you'll see kind of a similar thing we do. Um but yeah, thank you all so much for watching or listening all over the, the globe and the interwebs, as you say, Chris. We very much appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to uh, bringing you a review of the next uh, couple because we're going to have to take a little break here uh, for because of some travel and scheduling. But we'll be back as soon as possible with uh, reviews of the next couple of episodes of Ahsoka and let you know what we think about those as well. Looking forward to it. That will be excellent, my friend. And That's right. We win. We win. <laughs> we win. That's right. So anyways, thank you all so much. Take care and we'll catch you next time right here on the Random Redshirt Podcast.